Well, welcome back to Rescuing Churches, uh, the podcast of 614 Ministries. I'm your host today, uh, Pastor Stan Givens, and I am joined by my ever-wonderful son, technology master, Joshua Givens. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Who's shaking his head, and you have no idea what went on behind the scenes there. Um, And Michael, our quiet... Uh, ever silent partner, the sound guy is here with his hands on the knobs, like he's going to launch a missile any second. Who just has to put up with us? And awesome, he's laugh at very us patient, <laughs> and he works very hard behind the scenes. Appreciate him and and uh, Nancy who does our intro, and she also helps with our accounting. Uh, we are so grateful. See, why, to have. why aren't you the host more often? Because when you're the host, you thank like the 85 people that run our ministry. All the behind so the scenes people. A bunch of you are spo- bunch of you giving to us, yeah, which is I awesome. Look, now I look terrible because I never thank anybody. That's right. Thanks. I That's appreciate okay. that. I'm just teaching you how to do it. So. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Rescuing Churches with Stan and Josh Gibbons. This is the official podcast of 614 Ministries, where we exist to renew vision and restore hope at struggling churches across the country. With over 80% of churches in decline and 1,500 pastors a month battling depression, we strive to equip members and encourage ministers to pursue new directions of stability and growth. Today's topic requires me to be the host and the interviewer. God help us all. Because it says the topic of today is five technologies for the small, healthy, revitalizing church. And this is a blog post that you wrote. Is that right, Dad? I think it's a blog post you wrote. Yeah, because I don't write. I don't write. Michael wrote it. Right, I don't write blog okay. posts about technology. What is a blog anyway? I don't. I don't know. Is that like a <laughs> yeah. like a blog? Or yes. I don't know what that is. It's a spot on the wall. Okay. I don't know. What All it right. is. I don't know what it is. And I'm actually terrible with technology. For me, if the batteries are in the remote, right side up, technology is working good. I'm good. Um, you, on the other hand, or if you can even figure out the YouTube TV that we just got at our oh house. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's let's, so complicated. let's not even do so, a podcast episode yes. on that. So. Yeah, we need to do an entire yeah. Bring mom in here and talk to her about why she got rid of cable. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you, on the other hand, are really good with technology, and you've been a huge resource at the church here for me. Uh, fascinating backstories to how you got into all that is you started hating the powerpoints that I was using every Sunday. That is absolutely absolutely right. hated yep. them. Yep despise them, mock them all the time. But but I will be happy to, and if they're listening to this, I will be happy to blame that on many of my professors in college for teaching me how that stuff should actually look. Right. So. And then all of a sudden, you were the one saying, if you're going to do it that bad every week, let me do it for you. At which point I said, go for it. Because and there's some verse about how... Churches shouldn't have embarrassing PowerPoints. Or <laughs> so, it's got to be in the Bible. Probably somewhere. a Bible. It's, it's got to be in five it. technologies for small and healthy revitalizing churches. I know you spent some time on the phone with a couple of different pastors and tried to help them through some of this recently. So it's kind of fresh on your mind. Uh, you write in the blog that one of the biggest lessons you've had to learn over the past few years uh, in church communication is uh, that everything doesn't work the same for every church. So give me a thought on that. Yeah, um, there's a lot of 
small churches out there and a lot of churches that it's real, it's real easy to, and I, I say this as somebody that's learned this from experience because, and, and you'll know this just from kind of starting out here at Northside way back in the day in, in my early years doing the handling the communications for the church. It's very easy to look at what all the other churches are doing on social media. It's easy to look at what they're doing in terms of their digital media, their presentation software and all that stuff and think, oh, well, that's that's what we need. That's what we've got to have. But you don't always have to have that. That's right. And you can have something and pull off either the same thing or sometimes even better without having to have their their kind of software. Um, and, and sometimes I, simpler is better. And sometimes simple is better. And and uh, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, you have to cut corners. And I always believe in doing doing everything with excellence. And I always believe that if you're going to do something and going to be on a particular social media platform or if you're going to invest the time into designing something for your church digitally, it should always be done with excellence and it should always be done to, to the best of your ability. But for small churches, especially there's very, very simple tools out there. Yeah. And we're going to cover some of those tools and I'll just mention that we integrated technology slowly here. Yep. Uh, we didn't overwhelm everybody yep. and rip everything off the wall and start over. And over time, I've been here 20 years in this ministry and over time we've brought in projectors and screens and uh, PowerPoint and gotten away from the hymnal. Yeah, PowerPoint. Yeah. Whoa. Ooh, <laughs> ah, PowerPoint. Uh, as opposed to the yeah, overhead for, projector. For all, for all my comments buddies out there, yes, we're still using PowerPoint. That's right. Not pro presenter. <laughs> Power what? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but we've, we've taken time to, to work on some of the other things in our sanctuary and upgrade our sound system, those kind of things. And, and even our social media presence is dramatically different over time. Dramatically different from what it so, used to be. And I want to ask you about that because you say one of the things that needs to take place early, uh, even with a small church, is they need to have some level of social media presence. Um, so how can you help a church do that if they're just sort of new at all that? They don't have a web page or somebody was running their web page. A lot of little churches, somebody's running their web page and now they've left out of town on, you know, they're moved out of town or they're not doing sure. it anymore. Nobody knows the passwords. Nobody even knows it's there. Right. Right. Nobody knows how to help with that. What would you recommend? They, where would they, where should they start? Yeah. I, I would say one of the first things I would point out is, you know, nobody is saying that you have to be, and then this kind of goes with what you said a second ago. Nobody is saying that you really have to be or try to be, you know, elevation or Hillsong every week with your social media the number one goal you should have is to reach your community. And, and to do that, you've got to have in this day and age, some type of digital presence. You've got to have some type of presence on the internet. Everybody is on social media. They're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter. They're on these platforms. They're communicating with each other. They're communicating with their friends and churches. The church needs to be up in the middle of that. And there's some basic essentials that I recommend. And in terms of social media, I, I placed that one at the top for a specific reason is because it's very simple and easy to learn and it's free. And even if you're a small church that doesn't, you know, want to pay for something like a website or hosting or domain names or sermon audio storage, the very least thing that you could do is create a Facebook page for your church and then Facebook and Twitter. Right. And then invite your congregants to follow. I mean, you don't even have to do Twitter. You know, Twi Twitter is very, it, it, Twitter is real unique. It's right. 
if you're if you're a small church, I don't even really recommend honestly starting out with Twitter or or trying Facebook to Facebook or Instagram. Then. Yeah, Facebook or Instagram because Instagram is more popular right now. Tell them what Instagram is exactly for the smaller churches that are listening that have no yeah, idea what that is. Kind of yeah. like me. <laughs> yeah, Instagram Instagram is a mobile platform and there and there's a desktop version but it's it's more limited. And Instagram is a mobile app. It's a picture sharing app and video sharing um social media site and uh with Instagram it's it's really popular among your your younger generation, your millennials and your Gen Zers and things like that, but there's there's a lot of other demographics that are on Instagram as well. Um, and if you're going to set that up for your church, you're not going to have to wade into nearly as much, um, statuses as you are when mm-hmm. you're on Facebook and things of that nature. You're just sharing a lot of pictures and a lot of video. Now there's a section to type the caption for it. And then the other big thing that you're going to build off with Instagram to get your following up is your hashtag, your right. hashtags. Hashtags are the key to winning the Instagram arena. Right. And I'm still learning a lot about that myself. But it's what's boosted our followership on there already dramatically mm-hmm. is hashtags. A ton of people following our church that like the, our content that don't even live anywhere in or around Alabama. Um, so it's been kind of cool to see that. But, yeah, get your Facebook page going first because that's going to be real easy to manage and use. And then if you have time later to learn and dedicate to something like an Instagram or a Twitter, then go for it. But if nothing else get your Facebook page up first. It's free and it's easy to use. That's good. That's good. And then you also mentioned, so, so that's different from a website, even though it's an online deal. Yeah. It's an um, online presence. It's an online presence. And it's, we talked about this in another podcast, which you can tell us the number on that. We'll drop it in later. Say, see this podcast. But we did talk about the, your online presence is actually the front door of your ministry. Now it's like the window front window of a store that has a window presence. Um, because people are going to come see your online presence way before they drive up to your building or come into your sanctuary or visit your church. Um, the nursery used to kind of be the online, the open door first deal, front door. Uh, first thing people, first impression is your nursery or your parking lot. Uh, now the first impression is an online presence. And so it's important to have that. Um, you also mentioned website and uh, we want to belabor that, but if you're not good at website, there's a couple places that can help you do that. Oh, yeah. And they sort of have templates. Oh, yeah. Um, if you're scared of it, you actually can practice on it for a while before yeah, you yeah. publish it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you don't actually have to publish anything. You're just trying to get used to it. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, um, I'll say just real quick that I recommend um, WordPress. It's something that we used even here at our church back in the early days. It was what I learned on in college. Uh, anybody that's, you know, um, in that world can, can, can learn it real easy. If, if you're, if you've got basic skills with something, even like Microsoft word and PowerPoint, you can learn WordPress. Mm-hmm. Now WordPress does have coding in it and HTML coding and you can customize things. So if you know how to code, you can go in there and right, code, right. but you don't have to, you can set up a, a template. If you're, if you're going to do that, there's a free version and that's wordpress.com. Mm. And if you're going to, pay to set up your own custom domain name, um, which I do recommend if you if you have the funds for it to set up a custom domain name, you'll need to use WordPress.org to mm-hmm. set up that for your church. So if you use if you use WordPress dot did I get that wrong? Yeah. It's the other way around. Okay. Michael's pointing silent partner silent has partner, spoken. Silent partner Michael <laughs> is pointing that out to me. Uh, that I need to reverse that in my notes here. Which that's me having to go back to college. So 
But uh, it's really great if you can do that because the templates are really, really easy to use. They're very, very user friendly. Right. And that's what helped us a lot. That's what helped us a lot here at our church. So I always. So I don't have to use the codes if I don't want to use the codes. If I don't know the codes. Exactly. And like Pirates of the Caribbean, the codes are sort of like (laughs) guidelines. They're just guidelines anyway. Exactly. They'll do the guidelines for you and you just follow. Yeah. Right. And you mentioned here in your article also, your uh, blog post has uh, that. PowerPoints and digital projectors. Yep. Churches really should get a, get a feel for that, even if you're still using your hymnals, mm-hmm. even if you're still using a traditional form um, with PowerPoint and a, with a projector and just a basic computer, you can project some beautiful images. You can put scriptures on the screens and walls behind you. Yep. Um, Song lyrics. Does it? And the projectors don't cost nearly what they did 10 years ago. So yep, exactly. 20 years ago, they were horribly expensive. They've come down to nearly nothing now. So highly recommend that. You say there's some other presentation software. You want to just run through those real quick? Right. Uh, there's there's other things out there. ProPresenter. I mean, even even Keynote, which if, if you're using an Apple computer, you can you can use Keynote. Just keep it really simple if you're just starting out. There's no need to go invest in anything really fancy. You can do a lot of really great presentation stuff with PowerPoint. And if there's any church out there, any small church on a budget, that is an example of that. Our church is a great, is a great example of that because we do, we run all of our media on PowerPoint Mm -hmm. and we're able to pull off our worship media, our sermon graphics and sermon notes, um, every week and even our video stuff, right? Half the time in PowerPoint. So yeah. um, And here's just a shameless plug for my son, Josh. He does a great job with that stuff. And if you are a smaller church wanting to learn how that can look or what to do, um, if you email us at 614rebuild at gmail.com, if you'll just email us and ask for Josh uh, or put in the notes that you're you're just wanting some help, Josh could send you a few examples of what some of our recent PowerPoints Absolutely. over the last year yep. or so, and he could send you some some ideas of what that looks like, and you could get into a discussion with him online or however you want to do that about why he picked what he picked and how to do that and how he picks what he picks, what he's looking for. Um, He knows our church well. He knows the age brackets of our church and the generations that we have here. So he tries to keep everything balanced in that and appropriate looking and and would encourage you to. In the latest version of PowerPoint, there's a lot of really good tips and tricks on navigating. Um, It's kind of like anytime they do a software update on something, they move stuff around and it and oh, gets really it gets really annoying. Yeah, you, yeah, it's that. just really annoying. So so it's like the the shadow effect for the text used to be here, but it was over here, and the right. glow text right. is here and now. So if you need help with any of that, yeah, just just shoot me a message. I'll be happy to help. You. Yeah, and and then you also do all of our graph a lot of our graphics um, for us. You design them every week. It's it's like something you spend a ton of time doing. I know how many hours you spend. I appreciate it. Very much, but uh, the program you used to do that, you want to tell them about that? Because that really has been helpful to you. Uh, Canva? Oh, Canva. Yeah. Sure, yeah. So so Canva is just, it, it's a really simple, easy to use, free graphic program. I use the free version, canva.com. Now, if you're using the free version, before I even tell you what it is, I will point out, you will have to be connected to Wi-Fi to use it. So, which yeah. which not, so, not something you download on your computer and just have. Not unless, and this is the other half of of it that I'll point out, um, is that you there is a pro version of it um, that you can buy. That well, that you can 
um, if you're a nonprofit organization, if your church actually has 501c3 paperwork or your ministry organization like 614 is, is a 501c3, you can get Canva for free. Mm. Um, you, you don't have to pay for it. Um, you can get it at a discounted rate. Um, they will work with you if you're a church or you're a ministry as long as you have official 501c3 nonprofit paperwork, oh, that's awesome. um, which is really cool. So it's something that I'm considering doing for us. For me, especially with my uh, with my epilepsy and not being able to drive, I'm usually around Wi-Fi anyway right. because I'm either at the house or I'm at a coffee shop. Right. So I'm able to be somewhere where I'm able to use this program a lot. But basically, all it really is is just a program where you can set up an account. Uh, for me, I'll, I'll, I like to link it to my Facebook account because it's really easy for me to log in that way because I'm usually in Facebook anyway getting right. ready to post stuff for the church. So I link it to that. And then once you're in there, you can create social media graphics or just about anything else you can imagine from newsletters to flyers to brochures to posters. There's an endless amount of templates and handy design tools. It's very easy to learn and convenient. Once you get in there and learn that software, you're set on making tons of social media graphics for your Mm -hmm. social media platforms. Yeah, and you recommend also in the graphic world uh, these two websites um, that have some real high res photos in the, uh, the photo world, yeah, and they're not and they're not uh, what is it when you you're not allowed to use it copyrighted? They're not they're not stock photos. They're, oh, they yeah. are. Well, well, they're not they're not paid Co- they're not pa- paid stock photos, yeah. right? Yeah, so, they're not watermarked. Right, not watermarked too. So <laughs> uh, tell them about those two websites because it's a great and your church should your websites, your social media, and those kind of things when you create these really great. Uh, graphic design images, you can use some really quality stuff. Oh, yeah. You do. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's pretty simple to do once you get the hang of it. You're going to take some time to learn. There's a learning curve with it. Right. Uh, But once you get the hang of it, then you can go to these websites and get some great pictures to help you and enhance that. And you're you're now making everything look, what you said earlier, a little more professional, a little more... Definitely. A little more expert. Yeah. And and I, you know, this is also kind of my way of saying just, you know, don't think that you can just hop on Google images and find a picture of whatever you need and drop it in there because maybe copyright, right? 90% of the time You're breaking it, the law. it may be copyrighted and there, you know, there really are laws about that kind of thing. So, um, two websites that I highly recommend. And, and if you frequent any time on a lot of the like Christian devotion websites that are out there, desiring God and other websites like that, um, crosswalk, you've pro- you probably see a lot of, pictures from these two websites on those websites. Um, the first one is unsplash.com. The other one is pixabay.com. That's P-I-X-A-B-A-Y.com. Both of these websites offer thousands of high-resolution photos that are taken by very talented photographers, most of whom are professional photographers. And every photograph on the website is free to download and it's non-copyrighted. It's free to use on your website, your social media, your sermon series graphic, wherever you need to use it, however you need to implement it. You can even take that photo and edit it later to make it look a different way than it looked when you downloaded it. And there's nothing illegal or wrong about it because the photographer has given permission to Unsplash and Pixabay the right for 
for that to happen with their photo. They know that that's going to happen with their photo. There's no attribution necessary. Now, when you download it, you will get a message saying that the photographer would like attribution if you feel so inclined right. <laughs> because right. they're trying to spread, you know, their, their sure. stuff around. So sure. basically you can kind of think of it like stock photography that you didn't have to pay for. Yeah. And you give in your podcast, not your podcast. This is your podcast. Yes. In your blog, your blog. I'm so technologically challenged. You are. <laughs> In your blog, you actually give a final caution. I'm going to let you share that with everybody uh, so nobody becomes a Borg. Yeah, Great you, Star Trek reference in that blog. By yeah, the way. If, you, if you read the blog, you'll understand the uh, the Borg reference. So um, I, for all my nerd friends out there, yeah, go go read the blog and you'll get the, uh, the Star Trek reference. Um, but yeah, just, just try to always remember that technology is a great thing, but it's not a replacement for real people and real relationships in your church, your, your, your ministry, all these things that we're talking about. These are just tools to help your church be more effective at community outreach. They right. don't actually replace real people. So you, you always still need to be able to rely on real people to do the, the outreach. Right. And, and we would love for you to read Josh's blog is, uh, jdgivens.com. You can go to that site, jdgivens.com and read his blog. And the, the current one that's up says, why is social media engagement or what is social media engagement and why should you care about it as a pastor? And then the one we just talked about, the five helps technologically or the, or the one just after that. So he's actually already posted another blog since we, uh, prepared to do this and you'll find a lot of helpful stuff on there as a pastor and some of your lay leaders in your church might need to be reading that and i would encourage you to go there we always want you to go to 614 uh, ministries um, uh, to our main website 614ministries.org and um, learn about what's going on with us we're reaching as many churches as we can we'd love to send you our newsletter you can send us requests for that if you're not signed up for that please do so on our webpage. And our goal is to keep churches having great adventures and keep them focused uh, on healthy things. And so help us do that. We could, we would love for your prayer support. We'd love for some of you to send us some uh, financial support as needed or as necessary as the Lord would lead you. And ask that all of you uh, be praying us through these times uh, of uh, the coronavirus and other things that our churches are struggling with. So thanks for the time today. Thank you, Josh, for all your great insight. Absolutely. And we look forward to seeing you next time in our great adventure.